Hello! Welcome back! <laughs> Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Reviews from the Crawl Space. I'm Douglas, and over there, silent and not saying a word at all, is Vicky. I'll say a word eventually. Eventually you'll get there. Alright, we have uh, quite the action-packed show, but first, um, you found us, so yay. And if you haven't found us before, for some reason, you're listening to this but you haven't found us, we're on Anchor. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Music, really wherever you could get awesome podcasts like this. You, Apple you, Podcasts. Or Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Thank you. Wherever you want to get podcasts like this, you can get it anywhere, wherever. Yeah. We're everywhere, whether you want us to be or not. Yeah, it's on Stitcher. <clears throat> yeah, it's Google all over. Podcasts. Uh, on Twitter, we're at RFTCS1. And Instagram as Reviews from the Crawl Space, one block. And similar but different in each place. Um, Instagram is kind of what we're working on now and a few, uh, especially when we're doing albums, it was the album covers plus the episode, where Twitter is that plus we do some more other things, other kinds of news and what have yous and threads and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So what do you have for us today? All right. So today we decided to go back to our three movie uh, kind of format. Yeah, we've gone back to I what guess, we're doing. rather yeah. than just free balling it. Uh, on different subjects. Yeah. So today we have uh, first up. So I was gonna say different but related topics. True. Yeah. Uh, first up, the big gun down uh, from 1967. Mm -hmm. Number two, the movie is out of the past from 1947. And stepping even further yeah. back. Backwards in time. Uh, number three movie is called Thirty Nine Steps from 1935. Mm -hmm. Kind of getting getting some more. Lee Van Cleef in here. A little more Lee. Some Lee Van Cleef in the house. Some Lee, Lee VC in the house. Yeah. Well, right. there's, other than this, really, because we've kind of gone through some of his, we're going through some of his best ones already, but uh, I think there's one more of his that we'll do after this. And then I'll, we'll flag, we'll go on to some other actor or director. and. Yeah, I have to say, uh, Spaghetti Westerns is not, uh, it's it's a, ven a venue. <laughs> It's a genre that I like. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Well, I've Surprisingly. Always, because it's been, well, any kind of like exploitation genre, I've always been, I've been a huge fan of. And, and the Spaghetti Westerns ones, because I've never been a huge fan of Westerns in general. So it was one that took me a longer time to come into. But because of like Tarantino and a lot of other people out there, even something like uh, out of South Korea, The Good, The Bad, and, and The Weird. Yeah. It's just like you have more appreciation for the spaghetti westerns. So, and it's so influential. So, I'm glad that we've dipped into some of them. So, yeah. And some of these older movies, too. Like, I'm, as I'm writing this, uh, you know, two more of these movies are from the list 1001 movies yeah. you must see before you die. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to find the list. I was going to say like the most current list. Yeah, you should. Yeah. And, um, just see how many are on there that we've actually seen. Yeah, I know. It's and if not, maybe we should start watching we, some more. When we're covering the albums, we covered quite a few of the top albums of all time or top albums that you must listen to. So it makes sense that we would go through and cover. Cause, but like you said, we've we've hit quite a few already in our short time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> on this new format. And this one format, yeah. Okay, so The Big Gun Down from 1967. Oh, hold on a sec. This is where we would run a trailer normally. Oh, right. Okay, so this is normally where we run a trailer, but for this movie, none of the trailers have any dialogue. So, yeah, I'll, here's it's just in constant shooting. So, what you're here, I'll explain the trailer. It's Lee Van Cleef shooting people, and then a bunch of white guys are whipping a Mexican dude. 
and then more shooting. Yeah, there and, you go. and that's it. Like, seriously, there's nothing else. It tells you nothing about the story at all. It's just pew, pew, pew. So, no trailer. I will tell you a little bit about the <laughs> Okay, movie. you'll tell, give, us a, give us a synopsis. Okay, so 1967, runtime, one hour, 50 minutes. The tagline is, keep your eye on the man everyone watches. Uh, okay. I know. But doesn't make, any... make sense to me either. <laughs> but... But everybody's watching them, though. Uh, the genre is drama, western. Uh, spaghetti western. Spaghetti western, yeah. Starring Lee Van Cleef as Jonathan Colorado Corbett. Tomas Millian as Manuel Cuchillo Sanchez. And Walter Barnes as Broxton. Hmm. So, summary. An unofficial lawman and would-be senator is tasked by a railroad baron with hunting down a knife-wielding Mexican peasant accused of raping and killing a young girl. Yep. Yeah, so that's a movie you want to watch. But that's, that's most of the movies. <laughs> Director uh, Sergio Solima, 19 previous Italian movies. None that I could see that I knew any. Oh, I bet if I went through the list, we could find something. Uh, writers, Franco Salinas... 26 writing credits, uh, all for Italian films. Yeah. Fernando Moraudi, six writing credits for Italian films. Then there's Sergio Donati, 77 writing credits, including Man on Fire with Scott Glenn and Joe Pesci, Raw Deal with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Once Upon a Time in the West with Henry Fonda and Charles Bronson. Huh. Weird. Yeah. That's a, that's a different group of movies there. Totally. <laughs> uh, filming locations, done mostly in Spain. Which surprised me, yeah. I have to say, uh, there's a lot of the uh, Spain footage in here that I actually thought for a couple times that it was actually shot in the U.S. Southwest because there's some of it that looks so, so similar. I thought for sure they're like, oh, they had a budget, so they actually just shot in America. But no, it was Spain. Oh, no. It was all just dry, sandy. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of area around uh, (laughs) Death Valley and Imperial Valley in California that they really similar to that yeah so, totally but you're right no there was a point when it's like okay that's definitely not he- around here but uh yeah it's kind of interesting Spain. so should i go into my trivia now there's not much of it should i go in that yeah. or wait till you're yeah, done go ahead uh trivia one of quentin tarantino's favorite uh, spaghetti westerns uh and this was lee van cleef's first starring role first actual starring role because yeah. yeah the other ones he was always supporting cast like yeah. good the bad the ugly fistful of he was always the other like the antagonist or whatever uh, to uh, Clint Eastwood. So for a balding yeah. white dude who's not handsome by any stretch not of the imagination, no, he's just just a dude. Yeah. Good for him for being a leading man. Yeah, getting into that yeah. from here on, doing more of them yeah, for like yeah. forever. Yeah, totally. There's a certain uh, there's a certain attraction to him though. Like he's got a maybe it's those, there's some of those old actors where it's just like they don't they don't have to do much other than just like be up there and just like yeah do their thing and make their face. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Make their face. Make their face. All right. Over to you. Um, yeah. Like you said, it's an Italian flick. Uh, we watched, there's two versions out there. We, uh, an hour and 50 minutes and the 90 minute U.S. version. For whatever reason, when these movies came over to North America, they got butchered immediately. I just, I, maybe they thought Americans were too dumb to handle an hour and fifty mo- uh, hour and fifty minutes, which is hilarious because like every movie now is three hours long. Oh yeah, at so, least. yeah. <laughs> so it's so weird they can handle it. So we watched the hour and fifty minute version. Uh, it was actually just re- remastered and re released this year by a, a company called Indicator, and it was quite the box set they put out for it. And it wasn't streaming anywhere in Canada that I could find. So yeah, 
hit the torrents for that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty... Wait. I thought we found it on Tubi. Yeah, I thought it was on Tubi too, but when I did a search for it, it wasn't there. You're Maybe. right. You're right. We did watch it on the streaming service. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you You know what? I, you're right about Tubi. Yeah, Because it was sure. commercial breaks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so, sure so, so there you go. It. So it was on Tubi. And, and like I said, when I checked there now, it wasn't there. So maybe they pulled it off, which wouldn't be the first time that's happened. No, it, uh, it I, happens quickly. S- sidebar, sometimes. we've literally watched a movie that once we had finished watching the movie, it was removed from yeah. the service. <laughs> like it, it was removed the, from the service while we were watching it kind of thing. So hmm. uh, it happens. Um, <clears throat> so the music's by Ennio uh, Morricone. God, oh, I even did it phonetically. That name's familiar, very familiar. Yeah, um, a little-known composer with 529 credits, oh. uh, 97 uh, award nominations, uh, 87 wins, and one Oscar. The one Oscar win is for Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. Okay, because he had been That's robbed. Why. He'd been robbed so many times that Tarantino just like busted his ass to get him a fucking Oscar. So Aww. he did it, and then uh, he died in 2020. So uh, he also got uh, Oscar noms for Bugsy and The Untouchables. His other score uh, credits include Death Rides a Horse and A Fistful of Dollars. Huh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew I'd heard that name before. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because what I had talked about during the movie, I'm like, oh, they're just trying to fucking rip off, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, or uh, A Fistful of Dollars because I kept using, and that's why, because it was the the same same guy. He was literally just using some some of the same same kind of stuff. So it was it was kind of funny. So cinematography by Carlo Carlini, Italian DP with 101 credits, uh, Death Rides a Horse, and Street Law are the, probably the two best known ones. Street Law is an Italian exploitation action flick. That's if we haven't seen it, we probably should. It's round. Uh, the box. So I did the box office. So it made at the time it made 1.44 billion lira. Oh okay. Yeah. So uh, in lira, in lira. Well, first of all, in lira is not even a. It's not even a fucking currency anymore. They they use a euro now. But right. lira, the Italian lira, translates. If you translate it today, even less back then, but today dollars, that's seven hundred and ninety-seven thousand oh. dollars. Like it's not a lot of money. No. <laughs> Sounds like a lot. But it no. does. Uh, the ratings for the movie, uh, Internet Movie Database, seven point four. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score is eighty-five percent. Hmm. So. I'm going to get into, uh, what else you got there? That's it. That's it? Okay, yeah, so. once I do my trivia, I'm done. See, it's funny, because you had mentioned the Tarantino was his favorite uh, favorite movie, and I, I, I kind of get why, because what we're watching, and I think I said this to you, or we're said it to you after, it feels like a real movie. We're, mm-hmm. A lot of the Italian spaghetti westerns that we love and enjoy, there's a level of, like, kind of shittiness and cheesiness to them, because they don't have a lot of money, or they're just trying they're trying to do it on, on the down low, or whatever. So there's always that kind of, uh, like I said, that kind of cheesiness I love to it. But this one feels like they really fucking tried. They had a good script, and they were trying, trying they were launching Lee Van Cleef. Because that's why, like I said, it felt like a better, a better polished movie than some of the other ones we've seen. But it doesn't have the crazy over-the-top violence that the other movies have. It doesn't have... Yeah. It's more of a, like a methodical kind of... Yeah, very methodical. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just like this slow burn. Slow burn cat and mouse kind of thing. Like, yeah. Lee Van Cleef catches up to the dude and then back and forth and, you know, so, yeah, I, it's pretty good. But it's when you think of Spaghetti Westerns, no, it's not like Death Rides a Horse where I was like, there's so much, like, all this fucking crazy shit, crazy score, great cinematography. I mean, great score and cinematography are here, but just it's not that same energy. Right. So it's more, like I said, it's, to me it's like more like a police procedural movie where they're, like, just trying to capture the guy and, and get to the truth. So, uh, some... 
I mean, now it's now it's easy to look back on it and be like, oh, they're just doing the same old tropes. But like these movies were first, so they were doing doing them first. But it's typical like cat and mouse finding justice, twists and turns kind of yeah. kind of thing. And uh, boy, I have to say, watching like watching it, I really was kind of, just kind of hoping that Lee Van Cleef's character would just shoot the other <laughs> character because he was such an annoying dickbag. And I mean, whatever, you have to watch the movie, but he just like, oh, the way he gets out of some situations, you just want us to strangle him. It's just, oh, he's such, he's such a dick. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I had the score, of course, in places is great. So yeah, for me, those, those are the, I, we're trying to stay spoiler free in here so you can go and enjoy these movies. But, uh, yeah, it's worth a cat and mouse game and we'll see if, uh, Lee Van Cleef gets his man and gets the truth. And if gets the, the man was really? Uh, uh, yeah. I think it's even too much. Okay. Yeah. He's, Lee Van Cleef's going to find out what's what. So, yes, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, I don't know if this is a Criterion disc anywhere. I, I don't think that at all, but... Uh, um, it wasn't in the tri- trivia, and usually that stuff is in the trivia. Yeah, I agree, yeah. So, okay. Uh, are you rating these at all? I did, but... I gave it a three out of five. I gave it a three as well, yeah. <laughs> oh, surprise! <laughs> it was just, it was it was a solid flick, and like I said, I understand why Tar- Tarantino likes it because it's out of all those movies. Just like our album uh, yeah. reviews, there is no strife <laughs> in no these strife. episodes. Oh well, we'll get some strife episodes going. Don't worry, <sighs> got a bunch. Okay, okay, so that's it. That's that's it. That's the big gun down down down. All right, moving on. Out of the past, from 1947. Okay, there you go. Out of the past, Out of 1947. Okay, so we got a trailer for this one. So okay. here we go. I'm gonna. I'll start. I'll start right there. There we go. And I don't know why the audio chops like that. I think it's just it's the video. She ran out of it. with forty thousand bucks. I hate surprises myself. You want to just shut the door and forget it? No, no, come on in. I like surprises. Your picture don't do you justice, baby. <laughs> Why don't you break his head, Jeff? You? One chance in a million. One chance in a million was all that chump ever had in his life, and he made it good. I couldn't help it, Jeff. They made me find it. I swear I couldn't help it. They said they'd find the body and tell the police I killed him. That evens this stuff. Hold your hands or I'll fall them for you. You took a big mistake. Well, I held him and we could laugh. Because we were together again. We played it smart and forgot nothing. Nothing except one thing. He had followed her. Hello, Jeff. There we go. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So, yeah, and then this is a criterion, and yeah, sorry, but I don't, I think they break the audio like that so the algorithms don't pick it up. I don't know, whatever, but, uh, Okay. Okay. So, Out of the Past, it was from 1947, rated G. 
Uh, one hour, 37 minutes. The tagline, a man trying to run away from his past, a woman trying to escape her future. Oh. Uh, it's crime, drama, film noir. Definitely film noir. Yeah. Uh, starring Robert Mitchum as Jeff, Jane Greer as Kathy, and Kirk Douglas as Wit. Hmm. So, summary. A private eye escapes his past to run a gas station in a small town, but his past catches up to him. Now he must return to the big city world of danger, double crosses, and duplicitous dames. Oh, yeah, she is duplicitous. <laughs> uh, director, a fellow named Jacques Turner, 74 directing credits, including um, 1942's Cat People and 1943's I Walked with a Zombie. And oh, nice. funny, yeah. we were just watching, we were just looking at... We're looking for a trailer. We, we or were, no, a trailer? we were looking. No, we're looking at the at the trailer because uh, Cat People is also on Tubi on Prime. Oh, it's on Prime now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So there you go. It's See, funny that that would. Yeah, we were just looking up. through it there, and it popped up as the so next thing. So now I guess we have to watch it. We do. <laughs> uh, writers: Daniel Mainwaring, uh, sixty-four writing credits to his name, including Against All Odds, with Rachel Ward, Jeff Bridges, and James Wood, and episodes of Mannix, The Wild Wild West, and A Man Called Shenandoah. Hmm. Uh, another writer, James M. Kane, 37 writing credits in case the, in, including The Postman Always Rings Twice with Jack Nicholson and Jessica Lange, and Double Indemnity with Richard Crenna, Lee J. Cobb, and Samantha Egger. Wow, they've, re they've remade a lot of these movies. Yeah. Over and over. Well, in fact, um, this movie was made over to Against All Odds. Against All Odds, yeah. Yeah. Over to, yeah. And we looked, and it's terribly rated, too. So it's like 5.3 or something. And in the new version of it, I say later on what year it was done, but um, what's know. her name? The lady. Oh, uh, Peggy, whatever. Jane Greer. Oh, Jane Greer, sorry. Jane Greer Peggy, Peggy actually plays the mother of the Kathy character. Yes, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, filming Lake Tahoe, Sierra Nevada Mountains, and Bridgeport, California. Yeah, I looked. I did. I should have done a better job looking. I swear that some of the stuff they shot in that house on Lake Tahoe was the same house from Godfather. Oh. I swear it, it looked. Didn't measure, it didn't mention oh, that in it, the trivia. I know, but it looked identical. Like the layout of the house, even the inside part where they're, they're having a conversation in their outside patio, and where it was with the view looked just like the Godfather location. Huh, that's interesting. Only you would remember that. <laughs> you and your memory my, my memory that remembers useless things doesn't matter they're interesting <laughs> uh trivia kirk douglas was a virtual unknown when they made this movie yeah uh kirk douglas and robert mitchum had an undeniable tension developed between them during the filming due to their different acting styles huh. mitchum was more relaxed and laconic um oh yeah he was super chill and it it it, it uh didn't work with uh his uh ah, Kirk Douglas's it. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work with Kirk Douglas's aggressive grandstanding. Oh, see, and I think it worked perfectly on on film. Yeah, it worked for the film. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it was funny because some of the trivia just talked about how, um, Kirk Douglas would, uh, you know, try and sabotage props and, <laughs> you know, do all this kind of stuff to get Mitchum off his game. But then Mitchum, on the other hand, would make faces at. Him when behind, there were shots from behind the camera. <laughs> the shots were reversed. So that must have been fun. <laughs> and Robert Mitchum making faces probably was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, probably. 
Uh, Roger Ebert dubbed the film the greatest cigarette smoking movie of all time. Yes, it, it plays a feature role in this movie. It's crazy. <laughs> there's a scene apparently, and I don't think this is a spoiler, but there's a scene in here where Kirk Douglas offers a cigarette to Mitchum, yeah, it's, it's who's not, already yeah. smoking. <laughs> And... <laughs> that's what's, I'm sorry, yes, it's, it's not spoiling it at all. It's it's actually part of some of the favorite scenes. You even said, Robert Richard walks in, he's literally smoking, and Kurt Douglas is like, you want a cigarette? He's like, no, I'm smoking. I'm smoking. <laughs> so that was an improvisation, and they actually kept it in the movie. Oh, that's great. And then here again, the movie was remade as Against All Odds in 1984. Yeah. Uh, Jane Greer played the mother of her character yeah, in yeah, the yeah. film. And, like I said, included in the 1001 movies, You Must See Before You Die. And again, like I'll mention it again, this this is Criterion, and so will the next one. But uh, okay, so uh, yeah, like you said, uh, noir crime drama. So it's an hour and thirty seven minutes, and we've mentioned it. And I'll say it again: it's streaming on Prime Video Canada. I don't know where if it's on Prime US, but it's Prime Video Canada. Uh, music by Roy Webb, American composer with two hundred and sixty seven credits, seven Oscar noms. Um, his credits include. 1946's Notorious, which is an Alfred Hitchcock flick. Uh, 1940's My Favorite Wife, and 1950's Branded. Uh, cinematography by Nicholas Musaraka, I think so. Italian-born oh. DP with 233 credits and one Oscar nom. Known for 1946's Spiral Staircase, 1948's I Remember Mama, some F Troop episodes, and some Mikhail's Navy episodes, and also... 1942's Cat People. Ah, yeah. so we're we're going to have to watch Cat People yeah, now. Yeah, we're going to have to now, yeah. <laughs> uh, The box office, all it says for box office is it made $90,000 in profit, which I'm sure has been way more since then. Um, the ratings for the movie, Internet Movie da Database gives it an 8. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 93 critic and a 92 uh, user score, which is, is fucking great. Yeah, that is good. And a Metacritic score of 85. So that's a, that's a solid review all the way around. Yeah, like I said, we've kind of mentioned about it already. Some of my favorite things about this movie are Robert Mitchum and Kirk Douglas. I honestly fucking love Kirk Douglas. I don't think I've ever seen him as so good at anything well, else. Well, I had a hard time trying to figure out who he was. He yeah, looks familiar, so but young. I was like, who is that? And finally you're like, that's Kirk Douglas. Like, oh, duh. Yeah, he's got this great, and like I said, Mitchum and him play off each other because that, that tension they created fucking works so well. But it's like Kirk Douglas's character is, I love it because he's so menacing. He's always smiling and he's always got like this, like chipper demeanor, but his eyes are not smiling. He is and like. he's not a nice man. No, he's not a nice, no, 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 no. So it's like this fucking great juxtaposition of where he's like this outward shell is nice and smiling, but he just looks like he's just ready to stab Evil whoever. Incarnate. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> it works so good. And then Mitchum, he's just like, like he's Mr. Chill in this whole thing. Like you could tell that he's had this other life. Of like John Wick level, like of <laughs> violence and, and shit like that, and and now he just wants to retire. So like when he gets into these situations, I love that his character is like so cool all the time, and people trying to get a rise out of him. He's yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have a cigarette. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that cigarette's done. I better start have a cigarette. Well, that's kind of one thing, and it's kind of getting off topic here, but yeah. that's one thing that we've noticed recently is that a lot of movies and stuff that are coming out like smoking, smoking. seems to be making a comeback in film yeah. yeah and that's very puzzling to me i agree and i know in the in this movie because obviously shot in black and white i know they used it for us like really for aesthetic reasons because it talks about how they made a choice to have the actors in their in their spot in the dark spot so any any negative space they didn't fill was brightly lit 
so that the actors would blow when they exhale they would create these big white clouds and we read somewhere that they talked about the it helps distinguish the mood of the characters and like the thing, their thought process of yeah. how they're smoking the cigarette and how they're blowing it out yeah. was like indicators into what's going on into their mindset. It's fucking, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Who would think that you'd ever like, use smoking as a character in a movie? Yeah, as a visual like cue for things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was like other than that, it was it was like a, your perfect classic noir and. It's funny, this movie and the next movie, too, I just, like, it's amazing how much, in these noir movies, how much uh, these guys, their detectives or whoever these are, how much their dick gets them into trouble. Yeah. Because, honestly, that's, like, 100% of the problem is his dick. Because <laughs> he keeps just, like, wanting to get, get with the ladies, and he keeps being led around by this woman who's clearly just fucking bad news. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it to people. I can't, like, you know, twists and turns abound. And yes, lots. Lots of double cross. And, yeah, yeah. So, and it's not like, like some of these older movies can be pretty straightforward. This one, I have to say, this one's a little more complicated. There's a lot of, I think the next two, these, this one and the next one are, are pretty complicated movies for being older movies. Oh yeah, because there's a few times I thought I had things figured out. Yeah, and, and then they're like, it was just like, no, I didn't. <laughs> no. You're just like, yeah, because it, so it was really good. And uh, um, so this is the movie that really launched Robert Mitchum as a star. This is after this. It was just like to the moon. Oh, interesting. This, this and obviously, forward. it did something for Kirk Douglas too, because you know. Yeah. No. God, 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 forever, I was, he was forever. so good in that. And uh, yeah, I just the cinematography again. It's just excellent. It's dark and moody. This movie is so dark and like oppressive, and it's just like I don't think there's any daytime shots. It's either it, the shots are either like in the eve, like going into the night or at night. Yeah. And I think the movie ends with the sun coming up. Because oh, whole... that isn't that? Yeah, cool. <laughs> so it's just this. Like... you watch the movie, that's meaningful, I guess. Yeah, because like I said, that's one thing I remember about the movie where we're watching it. It's just like this kind of like this dark, oppressive vibe to it, and not in a, not in a bad way, but as a noir, as a crime thriller, like it's definitely got yeah. a, a moody a moodiness to it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it sure does. I gave it three out of five. I gave it three and a half. Yep. Okay, cool. <laughs> Strife. Strife. How dare you? <laughs> okay, on to the next. Now, it's, it's the 39 Steps or Just 39 Steps. Uh, this one is from 1935. The, it's The. Okay, The yeah, 39, 39 Steps. steps. Uh, one hour, 26 minutes. It's crime, mystery, thriller. Tagline, it's great, it's grand, it's glorious. Again, I don't know what that has to do with anything. It was nothing to do with anything. Kind of silly, but anyways. But I think that silliness kind of like, we'll, we'll get into it, but I think that there's a little bit of silliness throughout this movie that kind of shows up once in a while. True. You're very true. Yeah. yeah. Robert Donat as Hannay, Madeline Car Madeline Carroll as Pamela, and Lucy Manaheim as Miss Smith. So the summary, a Canadian man in London tries to help a counter-espionage agent, but when the agent is called and the man stands accused, he must go on the run to save himself to stop a spy ring that is trying to steal top secret information. Director, Alfred Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. Who, Who's that guy? Yeah, a little no one, Alfred 69 Hitchcock. 69 directing credits, including Psycho with Anthony Perkins and mm -hmm. Janet Lee, North by Northwest with Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint, and one that we watched that I really enjoyed called Rope. Yeah, Rope. Yeah, it was one of his first, wasn't it? James Stewart and John Dahl. Yeah, that's a crazy one. Oh, not, not only that, not only do you love Rope, but one we both watched that we had never seen before that we both loved was Rear Window. Yes. 
that was a oh yeah like i could go i could go on all day about all the um like i said 69 directing yeah uh credits so oh yeah i forgot about rope that was good i just picked a few out of the top yeah bunch uh writers john buchan 18 writing credits to his name including the 1990 uh 1959 version of this same movie Charles Bennett, 65 writing credits, including Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, both the series and the movie, mm, okay. and the movie The Man Who Knew Too Much, James Stewart and Doris Day, which is another Hitchcock movie. Yes. Um, and lastly, Ian Hay, 44 writing credits, including the 1958's The Sign of Zorro. Hmm. Filming locations take place in England and Scotland. So a little bit of trivia. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock always regarded this as one of his favorite movies. Uh, this was Alfred Hitchcock's follow-up to his international success, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Okay. It proved to be just as successful uh, and quickly established him as a box office draw. I think this is also what might be one of his last. It's his 22nd movie. British flick, though. And it's included in the 1001 oh. Movies You Must See Before You Die list. Yeah. And the film is part of the Criterion Collection, Criterion, Spine yeah. number 56. Yep, Criterion for sure. And it's streaming on Prime Canada. That's where we had watched that. <clears throat> yeah, I think this is one of his like last British movies before he came over to, to, to uh, the U.S. The U.S.? Yeah, uh, I could be wrong about that, but it was getting there. Um, yeah, it's funny because this movie definitely has a, a weird sense of humor. And Actually, I'll, I'll read the rest of my stuff in a sec, but there's one one spot that I just I think about and it's when they're on the train and they're chasing on the train and they're like all the, the guys that are chasing him are like there's a guy with a waiter with a tray and he keeps like doing like this is it's so weird that he hear this this noir crime thriller and they take the second out of the train to do like some slapstick kind of like yeah. tray work so there's little bits like that throughout the movie that just kind of out of nowhere that are kind of funny yeah lots so. of cat and mouse in this movie too this one and yeah. the last movie we watched are very similar yeah. in their structure and what they're they're doing this one maybe not quite as serious the other one's a lot more totally the other one's a lot more like hardcore noir yeah. this is yeah. well this one's not mentioned as a film noir like that's not one of the oh genres. really no okay so to me it is yeah oh yeah definitely because it's like there's and there's lots about this movie much like the last movie we just talked about this movie has been ripped off or copied and redone so many fucking times like every movie essentially is has ripped this yeah, off. Yeah, there's there's very there's several Cause, versions. Because you have movie. like not not just this movie alone, but I mean just in terms of remaking it, you know, the way the story's structured, the way you have lots of MacGuffins, you know, where you think it's gonna go and it doesn't go that way, and it's something else. And, and one of the things I actually really like about this movie too is uh, that you got to go right to the end of this movie. Yeah. Like it really, it's one of those ones where you got to watch the last scene and ties it all the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. So. Um. Music by Jack Beaver and Lewis Levy. Uh, Jack, British composer with 93 credits. Uh, actually, he was uncredited for this. He uncredited for a lot of them. It must be um, a union thing. Yeah, I don't. I saw a lot of that too. Yeah. Uh, the Rescue Squad and the Gold Express. This. Uh, Lewis, the British composer with 54 credits, known for They Came by Night, which I think is also a Criterion disc, and The Lady Vanishes, which we've also seen by Alfred Hitchcock. The Lady Vanishers is the one where on the, they're on the train. Yeah. And they're riding the train, and then they, yeah. <clears throat> Might have to go back to that one. <laughs> uh, it's a cinematography by Bernard Knowles. Uh, Bernard, British DP slash director with 44 credits. 
a movie called Love Story, a movie called Secret Mission, and a movie called The Day Will Dawn. Love Story. Uh, from 40-something. I'm sure that's been re- that's probably been oh, remade a million times. You said Love Story from 40s? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it has. Oh, yeah. My version of it was uh, Ally McGraw and Steve McQueen, I think. Oh, oh yeah. I think, I think that's I have to go look that up. That but, yeah, so there you go. They, yeah, he did the original. Uh, the ratings for this, uh, 7.6 on Internet Movie Database, a 96% um, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 86 user score. And the Another Meta- high one, yeah. Yeah, the Metacritic is 93% and 7.9 user score. Hmm. Um, Gotta watch the end, twists and turns, excellent cinematography. And I actually, that was one of my lines. It's just like weird little bits of humor in here. Just yeah, like, definitely. Just like weird spots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's a, yeah, he's a Canadian too made me laugh. It's just like, <laughs> he sounds like just like Johnny America. <laughs> yes, I'm Canadian. <laughs> and it's only brought up like very briefly in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just... Just very briefly at the start. Yeah, totally, totally. And then they just, you're on the trip and then just... The, the one chick just around, keeps... Yeah. yeah, exactly. The one chick just keeps showing up everywhere like a bad rash. <laughs> so, Yeah. It's like I said, it's very much in the same kind of vein as the last movie we, or the movie we just reviewed, but they are different in their like tones and and their like pacings. They're different enough to check them out. And I, I honestly, I, once again, I, I gave this one just three because I actually think I like the Robert Mitchum one more. I think it's like a, just a better, darker movie so i gave that one 3.5 i gave us oh. i gave us one three oh, see and i gave this one four. Oh, excellent good and strife there's strife. <laughs> there's actually um there it mentioned a lot of Al- alfred hitchcockisms yes in the trivia but yes. i didn't want to because it's spoiler stuff so. it is but there are a lot of yeah. those things in here for yeah. sure and once you yeah once you've watched a couple of his movies you can see it yeah. uh also those things popping out and like i said this is early on too so like he hasn't even hit his big stride yet he's just breaking it's funny when these guys have like 20-some movies. It's like, okay, now they're just hitting their stride. <laughs> now they're getting into it. And he hasn't even made his most successful popular movies yet. <laughs> what did I say? Yeah, 69, and this is 22, so yeah. 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 So, so it's crazy. So uh, you said you gave it a four, right? Okay, very well. I'm in for any Alfred Hitchcock movie ever. Yes. Well, I won't get into it one day. We'll cover We'll cover some more, but North by Northwest is probably one of my favorites of his. I just, yeah. It's a, just a big scope of a movie, and I love the way it's shot and open. And uh, what's his face? Um, just escapes me now. Oh, he's so fucking good in Cary Grant. Yeah. It's like there's not too many movies like old movies like those guys, but that one. So, and he's and Cary Grant is in a bunch of actually health Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, movies. Yeah, so is James Stewart. Yeah, so there you go. So we're gonna have to definitely yeah. cover some more Hitchcock on the show. Yeah. All right, so there you go. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening. And anything else you'd like to add here before we head off? Uh, no, just one sad note. Uh, the fellow from The Vanishing. Oh shit! Just R.I.P. While we were doing the yeah. doing the thing, I totally wish I would have mentioned it off the top. Uh, the guy from Vanishing Point, um, Barry Barry Newman. Barry Newman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just died at ninety something, which is amazing because I didn't know he was alive still. Yeah. So R.I.P. Go watch The Vanishing Act. Go watch the Vanishing the, Vanishing Point. The Vanishing Point. <laughs> the original Vanishing Point. I know we will be tonight. So there you go. Take care.